Hello, listeners. This is Parenting is a Joke. I'm a Czech engine light called Ophira Eisenberg. And on the show, I bring together stand-up comics and people who work in comedy to talk about their creative lives and what it is like to also be a parent. Yeah, how are they working full-time and raising kids? Please tell me, how the fuck are they doing it? Uh, You know what? One morning, I'd like to not wake up in a panic thinking... Wait, did I reply to that email? (laughs) Even as I speak these words, I am just internally reminding myself of this laundry list of things. I got to sign up early for the parent-teacher conference because I need the early slot because I have a gig that night. And I need to register Lucas for Taekwondo for next semester so I can get that early bird discount. And I don't remember if I Venmoed the room parent for the teacher cupcakes Everyone's tired, right? Extra tired? Because it's all impossible? Good. Thank you. However, my producer, Julie, right before we recorded this podcast, told me about what I'm going to call a parenting win that just happened to her. Let's celebrate her. So this is her win, people. She went to pick up her kid from school. Her son wanted to play kickball with his friends, and she had nothing planned, so she said, why not, and sat on her phone doing some work in the bleachers. But at some point, some of the kids had to leave, so it was just her son and two other kids, and they asked her to come play. And you know what? She said yes. And uh, when they were all leaving, a first grader named Calvin said to her, you're fast for your age. Yeah, a win. In this episode, I talked to the hilarious Kara Clank about her colicky second child. I thought that was a medical term, and it's truly just like your baby's a jerk. Like, your baby just cries for no reason. That's what it is. Like, your baby just cries for no reason until they decide to stop doing that. Stay tuned for more of my interview with Kara and so much more right after these ads. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees, every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. We survived Halloween, people. And I'm back home. Uh, And my son just had his birthday. His party is coming up. But on his actual birthday, we went to... The aquarium. New York is a pretty good aquarium, but you know what? You can just not tell if a fish is depressed or pissed or fine. Not a big range of expression on a sable fish or a crab. So I feel like I just put whatever I'm feeling on them. They are the mood rings of zoo animals. Uh, So I just decided, because it was my kid's birthday, that they all looked excited. Maybe that was panic. And I got to tell you, as far as gifts, we kind of hit it out of the park. Well, my husband, we got him some books, a pair of walkie-talkies. But his favorite gift was his action figure from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle world. But it's not one you could buy at Target. Nope, not my kid. Doesn't want that. I don't know how this happened, but he got hooked on getting this Triceraton action figure that was only available on eBay. Because it's a vintage toy made in 1987 being sold by some collector. And for whatever ridiculous price, my husband bought it for him. But I gotta say, they don't make things like they used to. The details on this plastic figure are incredible. It's artistic and it's very heavy. Probably filled with lead. Probably painted with lead paint. Uh, the weapons are a little too sharp, like dangerous. They could easily hurt you. And the hands of the figure come off, and you can swap them out with different hands and fists. It is the wildest toy I've seen in a while. And my son loves it. He loves it. There you go. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed a boatload of candy, guilt-free, and had a little extra fun this last week because, you know, I- I'm stating the obvious. The world, it's awful. And uh, I am not going to make an elaborate statement because I am not a Middle East historian or expert. Uh, I have family in Israel. My father was born there. And I just think it's important to remember that when it comes to social media, it seems like everyone's opinion and thought is equal. The smart, the dumb, the attention seekers, your ex-boyfriend, All of those thoughts and feelings seem to have the same weight on these platforms. And the more you get enraged and interact and engage on that platform, the more the platform succeeds and makes money. So just remember that it's a machine and uh, log off. Log off if you need to. I know it's hard. I have been contacted a few times by friends just checking in, which is nice. It's always nice to hear from friends, uh, especially in hard times. But I feel like some people are just reaching out because social media or some cultural podcast told them to. You know, that whole thing of like, hey, just check in on your Jewish and Palestinian friends, okay? I get it. I mean, we we feel powerless. All of this is horrifying. It's beyond scary. I'm very, very, very worried. But also, Right now, just so you know, I'm sitting in a recording booth with an overpriced coffee 
recording a podcast, so not on the front lines. As far as I know, my family and friends are safe, so I'm okay. Okay-ish. And I appreciate you. And I appreciate that you read a post from Jamila Jamil telling you to check in on a few Jews today, so you thought to text me, but also, (laughs) I do not need to be part of your email a Jew campaign. (laughs) It's actually funny to me to think about well-meaning people scrolling through their contacts, trying to figure out who to reach out to. Anyway, we are in tough times. I don't know exactly what to do either. So I just continue and I try to get joy where I can find it. And by that, I mean hard drugs and comedy podcasts and reliable TV. Oh, yeah. Like reruns of Law and Order. Oh, So that's why we handpicked our guest for today's show. She's a parent. She's a comic. And she co-hosts the wildly popular podcast, That's Messed Up, a Law and Order SVU podcast. I'll be talking with Kara Clank right after the break. Joining me is one of the Well, she was called the top 10 funniest people in New York, but now she lives in L.A. So she's brought that (laughs) to another city. She has a great comedy album called Undefeated. She has a podcast called That's Messed Up, where she talks about her obsession with Law & Order SVU. Kara Clegg, how are you? Hi, Ophira. I'm good. Uh, So good to see you. Good to see you, too. How is L.A.? You've been there how many years now? Oh, my God. It's so crazy because the pandemic stole time from all of us. but. I am seven years into L.A. What? I really like it here. I miss New York a ton, and I go back a lot because my family is there. And, you know, if we were both to get some kind of crazy lucrative jobs, maybe we would consider a move back. But um, also (laughs) I have two kids, which I feel like is – just before you have to leave New York. If you were to have a third, you're not allowed to stay in New York anymore. No, so. You're not even allowed to ever go on a flight because you that's all of everyone's college funds. Okay, so you have two kids. Can you share with us the names and ages of your children? I can't share with you. They are in witness protection. And okay. No, of course. Um, <laughs> they are, my daughter Rosie is four and my son Oscar is two. My son is now like talking a lot and we, we feel like he just rounded a corner recently with us being able to like communicate with him and say like, please stop just throwing heavy <laughs> objects across the room. Please don't do that. That could hurt somebody, you know? So we're getting somewhere. Did you find that anything has changed with the stuff you had or buy maybe for the younger one? Even in the two years, I mean, I mostly reused everything because I, you know, I knew I was going to try to have another one pretty quick. And so like I mostly reused the same stuff, but somebody gave us the baby Brezza, they just gave us one. It's like the Keurig for formula. What? Like you just put a bottle under it and you press a button and no. it makes you a warm, as warm as you want or room temperature bottle in three seconds. And I thought, wow, if I had had this for my first one, it's like all that time of waiting for your water to heat up and then shaking it until it dissolves. It's like not an issue. It makes you a perfect bottle. I will tell you, so I tried breastfeeding for about six months, and I could only get it out of one, and I had to pump around the clock. I don't know why I was so hell-bent on it. I knew out of the gate it would be super hard on me, and yet I was still like, how do I make this harder both mentally and physically? 
I'm huge on bre- the breastfeeding conversation, which is if it doesn't work for both of you, it doesn't work. And that's what my mom says. She's a pediatrician. Yeah. I breastfed Rosie for seven months, Oscar for six. Like I was proud of myself. I was like, I'm done. Like, that's it. My mom says, try for three. And if it doesn't work for a day, get on the formula. Like it's yeah. like formula was created to be for perfect. this. I think it's just a lot of the like breast is best. Like, know. you know. I don't want to say propaganda, but like, well, it, feels it is like- though. It's it's almost like QAnon. <laughs> yeah, pretty exa- that's a huge stretch. But it's you. You'll say to someone who's very pro breastfeeding, like, ah, you know, blah blah blah, and they will send you ten articles, you know, that are published on yeah. places that are like boobs or us. Like, I don't know, just stuff that you're like, I don't know if this is reputable or if this is crazy ideas on yeah. what will happen to your child. If you breastfeed, like, oh, that, that that's the only way to get into a good college. I think that we need to prioritize mom's mental health a little bit because totally. it was, for me, the thing I have grown up, I'm the oldest of six kids. I've grown up babysitting the since I was of six. Of six, yeah. Yeah. And so I've been around kids my whole life. Like, I know how kids are. I know they're hard. It wasn't like I was like, oh, motherhood's going to be a snap. But <laughs> breastfeeding, like, nothing could prepare me for the breastfeeding. Like, I did not know how it went. Like, I didn't understand that, like, you were just so tethered to the baby. Like, you have to be oh, yeah. around the baby. Like, and I got a job when my daughter was five weeks old and I had to leave and I was pumping in, like, freezing cold oh. rooms. And, you know, it's like, it's a lot. And I was happy to do it. Also, I was doing it a lot for myself, too. I was like, I got to burn these calories. But, like, <laughs> um, you know. You're like, check out this waistline. Yeah, it was like, it was fine. But then when I was done, I was like, I'm done. And, oh, like, yeah. I don't know. You don't have to get to some magical one-year threshold or two years or whatever people tell themselves. It's like, you could do it or not do it and do it until it doesn't It doesn't work. But yes. it, if it doesn't work for both of you, it's not working. But yeah, I would say the only big gear thing was that. And then I had this travel hack that I was doing for a while where I had both my kids in, you know, those lightweight car seats from Costco. They're not not Costco, the store. The brand is called Costco oh, yeah. without a T. Yeah. And um, I found these things that you can strap those certain car seats to and wheel the kids like a like a carry on. Oh, and I've so whenever I would travel with my airports. kids. I would just wheel them through and they were having the best time and it's not as bulky as a stroller and they're on a ride. And then that thing just slides together and you can bring it with you on the airplane and just stick it up top. So that's my other gear hack that I had in between children. Those are two big hacks. What is your um, feeling on like mom groups? Like, because I'm in a couple of mom groups on Facebook here in LA. One is 6,000 moms Mm, (laughs) that is like mostly from my area of LA. Some of these hacks, I don't even know where I found them. I got them from other places. My husband loves posting. He lives to post. Thank goodness we met in real life because I don't like his (laughs) online persona. Persona. (laughs) We would have never matched online. You'd be like cringe. I'm not going on a date. I would be like, you're weird (laughs) and like way too much. But he loves posting for advice on like, I'll just be like, I wonder if we next thing I know, he's like, I've got nine parents calling me this afternoon. That's so wild. See, mine is moms only. You have to identify oh, as a mother. Okay. And so it's mom's – so there are no – and P, and the women will write in and say, is there a group like this for dads? And I'm like, my husband would never get into a group like this because he knows I do everything. <laughs> no, he is an active dad. He's an active dad. I'm just saying he he's not really one for like going to the internet for help. I'm on a working mom's subgroup 
Um, and I live vicariously through all the people with very intense, um, like, C-suite jobs. Oh, wow. Like, there's a lot of drama about having kids or expecting another kid and trying to figure out how to deal with that in the workplace and if it's going to affect your standing. Like, that shit goes on and on. Whereas I just, like, hid my pregnancy for the first seven months (laughs) because I was like, I'm still bookable. You know, like, I'm available. And then my second kid I squeezed in during the pandemic because it was like, well, no one's working anyway, so... (laughs) But uh, I didn't even tell my manager until I was like eight months. And then I think I was like, I'm going to be like unavailable in a month for like a couple of weeks. Yeah, exactly. We're going to Cape Cod. Yeah, I was like, I'm just having a procedure. (laughs) I'm having a small medical procedure. I'm having something excised from my body. It's a baby. <laughs> so to that thought, the, you know, the ongoing stereotype is the second one is easier. And you and people are like, we knew that from day one. OK, not your from that gasp. I say not your experience. It's like actually so funny to hear something like that because it could not be farther from my experience. Like, really? I mean, I know I've heard so many friends go, oh, my second one is my yeah. Zen baby, blah, yeah. blah, blah. So first of all, my daughter was a trick baby, like truly started sleeping through the night at four months on her own. Trick always took a baby. bottle, like <laughs> ate so fast. Like when I would breastfeed 10 minutes on each boob back to sleep, like only woke up once in the night. Like she was, she potty trained in three days. She had like, she transitioned from a crib to a bed without a problem. She's never wet the bed one day in her life, like tricks on tricks on tricks. So I, so they say that's called a trick baby because it's like, Oh, have another one. Babies aren't that hard. Hilarious. And then I had my, son and he is so different and so much more difficult in every way and I love him so much I love him so much but he is like just so different man both my kids are spazzy like I don't have one that's calm and quiet no my son does like books so I'm hoping maybe he verges into like a Jared situation where he for (laughs) when he's older that's my husband for the listeners who who will just sit and read books on his own for hours that would be lovely I don't think I'm going to get that out of my daughter. Yeah, no, my second one has been so much more challenging. And um, truly, we had to go to couples therapy over the second, the birth of the second kid because he was just like so much like he was colicky, which I do a joke about in my standup, which is just like I thought that was a medical term. And it's truly just like your baby's a jerk, like your baby (laughs) just cries for no reason. That's what it is. Like your baby (laughs) just cries for no reason until they decide to stop doing that. And um, he will take his whole food and just throw the whole plate on the floor after two bites. He he, like I said earlier, throws things when he gets excited, he hits people, but he's not being malicious. Like he's such a sweet boy. And I love so much about him, but he has been a lot more difficult. And so I'm not ever, I'm not having any more children. I already made my husband get snipped, but like, wow, I don't know. Somehow you got the trick baby. I'm going to call it the beginner model because it's like, hey, here's something for you to like, easy trial. And then they were like, you're pretty good at this advanced model. Yeah. My son is like a puppy who finds that little hole in the fence and is like, I got it. Like, I don't know if he hates his life with us because he's constantly trying to breach the perimeter. Like anywhere we go, he's trying to run into traffic. I mean, I chased him out of a public library. He was running full throttle at 18 months to, to traffic. Like he was laughing his little head off and running into a full three lane traffic situation. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, but my daughter would never do that. I mean, like she, 
she's nuts. Like she'll try weird stuff, but she would never, she doesn't have a death wish, you know? I know my, oh, my son would have run himself off a cliff. No problem. It could be like a gender thing. You know, it could be boys versus girls, but like my therapist said to me recently, she goes, you're going to drive yourself crazy comparing these two kids. They're different kids. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. I don't know why I'm always like, well, Rosie never did that. It's like, Rosie's a different person, you know? So I'm really trying to like separate it and just be like, okay, Oscar, let's deal with you and the crazy thing you're doing right now. I don't know. I feel I find like I have this intense need to normalize my child on some level. It's ridiculous because if someone told me to do that about any adult, I would be like, what are you talking about? Everyone's different. Yeah. Everyone's going through their own stuff, doing their own thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when he goes up to a kid at the playground and just smacks them, I'm like, he doesn't, he likes you. Like he honestly is just excited to see you and that's why he's smacking you. That's like, why. I'm sorry, we're working on it. We've talked to so many people about like, what are you reading for like parenting advice or do you turn to books? With that stuff, I don't know if you have any that you like or did you read any? Did you plow into any? I read articles. Like when the New Yorker comes out with an article about like gentle parenting being too much, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to read this or whatever. Like, and I follow a bunch of the Instagrams. Like I follow Big Little Feelings and Kids Eat in Color and Dr. Becky Good Inside. Yes, like about and Like a lot of toddler tantrums. Because I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to break the cycle of yelling at kids the way we got yelled at by, by I don't know about you, but by my parents it was just like, chaos. stop, because I said so. And just not, t- not talking to kids like they're people and just being like, you're their overlord. Like I'm trying not to do that. But- I do own the book, How to Talk So Your Kids Will Listen and How oh, to yeah. Listen So Your Kids Will Talk. It's by my bedside table. I'm going to crack we it open one We have that one, one too. Days. I haven't opened it yeah. up. Yeah. Maybe I'll read that one before my daughter turns five or something. And then I also have a book my brother-in-law gave me called Trauma-Proofing Your Kids. Never read that one. Impossible. Um, also, I was like, thank you for this gift. <laughs> exactly. Trauma- do you think oh, I'm traumatizing what a, my kids? What, what a thoughtful <laughs> birthday gift for me. Yeah. <laughs> That's very funny. So gentle parenting, I have this like slight conspiracy theory about gentle parenting, which is, you know, it is very like Zen-like state. And I'm like, it's because a lot of people are having kids when they're a little bit older and they're tired. This is actually tired parenting. <laughs> you call it Zen? Yeah. I call it checking out. <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. We're all going to like lose our temper. We're all going to freak out at some point. My thing is I always go back and apologize because I had a parent that was anti-apology. Like he never (laughs) apologized. I I revealed which parent it was. Um, But like, and so I try to go, I'm sorry I yelled just now. I'm feeling a little frustrated. You know, like I try and, you know, my daughter's like, okay, okay, I'm sorry I did that. You know, like we kind of work it out. The full-time Zen, that's not going to be me. That's just not. I don't know how to do that Um, without like drugs or alcohol. (laughs) Yeah, really. Like without being fully zammed out. Like I don't think I can do that. No, there's no way. <laughs> now, when your daughter was born, you had to experience something called a postpartum hemorrhage. That sounds very scary. Oh, yes. Daughter. So what? Yes. can you just tell me what that is? Everyone, I mean, I listen. kind of wish I knew more because my doctor drew me a diagram and I was like, okay. <laughs> um, essentially, <laughs> essentially, it was like she just kind of like caught 
on like my cervix in a way on the way out. And so I had like an internal bleed. Something about her head hitting it. Like okay, it, it did it. something where it just tore it. Like she was, yeah, it wasn't like her hand and she was like riding <laughs> Hang away. Hang it on. You know? I'm not yeah, leaving. She was like, I don't want to get out of here. No, it's so funny because I always talk about this. I'm like, my daughter's birth was difficult. My son's birth was so easy. Like the second mm-hmm. one, I, I popped him out in 10 minutes. I'm like, that's the last time he was easy. But um, I had a whole crazy birth experience where I went in, I got induced for both of my children because they were huge. I had both my babies were nine pounds, oh. three ounces when they were born. So they knew, they knew they were getting big. They can never tell exactly how big. They thought they were like eight and a half pounds. They were bigger. And so they were wow. like, let's induce, you know, a few days before you're due. They wanted me to have the baby on April 1st. And I was like, as a comedian, two comedians, no. we're not having a baby on April 1st. <laughs> a little too on the nose. So they induced me on April 1st for an April 2nd birth. And then they gave me the epidural and Somehow I metabolized the epidural and that I guess is very rare, but it happens. And so like um, when I started getting contractions, I could feel everything. And I was oh, like, it, What's it going basically on? didn't work. That's what that means. Yeah. It went in, but like my body was like, like, or something. And so <laughs> then they turn it up. And my legs feel dead. Like you're supposed to be able to feel a little bit of wiggle in your toes. My legs are like completely dead and numb. I'm like, if I, if this hospital was to light on fire, I'd be army crawling out of here, like on my like forearms. Like I have no feeling. So then they turned it down a little bit, but they turned it down too much. And so by the time I gave birth to her, I really was feeling pretty much everything. And I was like halfway through pushing. I was like, we have to stop. I can't do this. And my doctor was like, yeah, her head's half out. Like there's just not going to be a stopping right now. And I was like, Got it, got it, got it. So like, you know, you know, like also it's like, she was like, hey, can you not like, your doctor can teach you basically how to like push without screaming, you know, like yeah. they basically teach you how to be like, like kind of like grunt instead of screaming. Because it is like, it's hard for everyone to hear and it's also hard on your voice. So I had to learn how to do that. And then she comes out. I'm so happy because everybody said it was going to be a boy. I didn't find out the, the sex of either of my children Me in either. advance. I did surprise. Everyone had said, I can tell by the way you're carrying, that's a boy. That's a boy. Oh. That's a boy. Every single person in my life. And I was like, I feel like it's a girl. And, and she came out and she was a girl and I was so happy. And then suddenly they were like, okay, give the baby to Jared. And he was doing skin to skin. And uh, there was like beeping and all these people ran in and all these nurses, but it was great because it was all women, which I loved every single person in there. Every doctor, every nurse was a woman. Like I was like, I love this. Um, and they, they took care of me really quick. And by that time they had like turned up the epidural a little bit more. And I, so I wasn't feeling anything. And I was like, what's going on? Is everybody doing okay? Jared said I was like making jokes and like, and, and he was like, like he was very traumatized. <laughs> he was very traumatized because he was like, Kara, there was so much blood. Like you were losing a lot of blood. I didn't have to get a transfusion or anything like that, but apparently I was close because I lost a lot of blood. But the, my doctor fixed me right up and I was fine. Amazing. It was really hilarious because Jared had the baby and he doesn't know how anything works. So he goes, I'm just going to step out into the hallway because everything was very chaotic in the room, but they hadn't like low jacked her yet. And if like 10 women turned to Jared and go, no, at the same time. <laughs> and he was like, okay, I just thought I'd get out of the way. No biggie. <laughs> like, and so he was holding her for like the first like hour or so that she was like alive after, you know, I got to hold her for like a, a little bit. But then my second birth was like so easy in and out. So you always wanted to have kids. I thought I would have four kids. Isn't really? that psychotic? <laughs> That's amazing. 
Because I'm like, we're from six. And I thought, oh, I like having a big family, but six is too many. We could never go in the same car anywhere. Like I'll have four and that'll feel like a big family. And then it's like, I waited later in life to have kids. And, you know, I had my kids at 38 and 40. I love my two kids. I love the way our family is. I just thought a third, maybe I could squeeze in, but... (laughs) We got my husband the old snip snip and that costs a lot to reverse. So I, we won't be doing that. Well, and and also you you and your husband are comedians. You're working in entertainment. Yes. I mean, it is a roller coaster kind of exactly business. You know, did that? Yeah, if- we're in a strike right now. You could have one good year. The next year you could be like, Ugh, you know, so it's really kind of cr- like nobody, nobody in my outside comedy life can, un- can believe it. They're like, so you guys just like never know how much money you're going to have or what? And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of it. (laughs) I recently was talking to a mom friend and I was like, oh, I can't that night have a show. And she was got she goes, do you just take so many shows because you can't say no? And I was like, because it's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) Like you can't do stand up twice a month. Yeah, like exactly. if you're doing it, you do it. You know, and I remember when you lived in New York, like not only did obviously you uh, you wrote and you performed all over the place, but you also were very great about the fact that you produced your own shows, you you know, a real uh, self-starter. You had lots of inspiration of stuff you wanted to do. And I know that you and your husband, Jared, do a comedy show, live comedy show in L.A. still every week. Yes. Every Wednesday at Bar Bandini in Echo Park, we do a show called Better Half Comedy <laughs> uh, because we're married to each other. So you get to come and decide who is the better half, I guess. Um, and it's great. It's like we get a great crowd. It's so funny because the crowd is very young and hip because that's a very young and hip neighborhood. Uh-huh. So it's like where I'm always like, anyone have kids? And like everyone's like on purpose, like no one has kids, you know, like they're all so young and they're in like cool hip outfits and me and Jared are just up there. Like you'll never guess where our kids shit today, you know? Right. Like, So do you have to get a babysitter every week? <laughs> well, we have a standing babysitter every week and she comes in. It's three hours. We get donations from the show. And so what me and Jared get paid from the show just goes right to the babysitter. We've started joking like when we're at a show to get, we just hosted a show together, another show in LA together where we go, anything we want to do together on a night, like our baseline is a hundred dollars. Like it's a hundred dollars. He goes, if we want to go stand in a field and stare at the sky, that's a hundred dollars. Like where we start out just to get someone to come sit in our house. I don't usually make my plans until after my kids go to bed. So I put them to bed and then I hire a lot of like warm body babysitters, which is like people yes. that just sit there and, you know, watch my Netflix. while Because Rosie never went to sleep immediately and never got out of bed. Oscar has started getting out of bed mm. when we first put him to bed. But now we've trained him by psychologically um, torturing him. No, we have told him if you get out of bed more than three times, you're going to the guest room to sleep in a pack and play. And when he goes into the guest room in the pack and play, he passes out immediately. So it's like, don't act like this is some horrible place. But now it like this morning, he spilled milk all over the couch and goes, look, mom or whatever. And I go, Oscar. And he goes, don't put me in the guest room. <laughs> like anytime we do anything that he has a weirdly like low voice for a little baby. And he's like, mama, don't put me in the guest room. <laughs> and I'm like, you're not going in the guest room. Just stop throwing things. Stop putting so milk on the couch. Cute. Like, you know. But I love what you said so much about like that money handover. Because I'll do shows and sometimes it's like, hey, do you want to hang out and have a drink? I'm like, it will cost me an additional $50 for me to yeah. hang out with you and have a drink. So no. Yeah. 
Can't do it tonight. <laughs> That's kind of why I understand when people are like, I'm moving to Bumblefuck whatever, because it's like, oh, my parents are there. I'm like, I get it. Like, I get it. You can like go on a two day, you can go Absolutely. on like a weekend away with your husband or something. Like, we can't do anything like that. We have one cousin who stepped in once and now I'm like... That's our person. Well, I, you know, my podcast tours and my husband is home with the kids. And so my mother came in one week and helped him. And my husband and my mother have never spent so much time alone together. Oh. And he actually texted me and was like, your mom's really helpful. I'm like, well, she is a pediatrician who raised six kids. So I think she has some, you know, help that she can offer. That's amazing. But um, so it's just funny to think of my mom and my husband just chilling. <laughs> Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric. Cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality potency and consistency scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality visit lazarusnaturals.com today lazarus naturals it's not about being the best in the world it's about doing what's best for the world not available in idaho iowa or south dakota in your podcast you are famously obsessed with law and order SVU. <laughs> famously to, yeah to the extent that you host a podcast all about it with uh lisa traeger who is 
hilarious, a comic. Yes, but so not, funny. Not a parent. Famously child-free. Famously, right. like, not doesn't desire to be a parent. Th- that's what's the fun thing about our podcast is our lives could not be more different. She Perfect. is, like, younger than me. She's a single traveling comic. She's always doing fun and exciting stuff. I'm still doing fun and exciting stuff, I think, but to a lower level. And then I also have these two kids and a husband and, like, a house to deal with. <laughs> so it's like, we just have very different lives. Um, but we're, we're like a fun yin and yang, I think. And obsessed with the same television product. And obsessed with the same television show. So yeah, like we re- we recap an episode of the show. We talk about the true crime that the show, that the episode was based on. And then we interview an actor from the show. It's been great. Were you obsessed from day one when the series premiered, which is, I mean. Can you believe this? The series premiered on my birthday in 1999. Yes. Um, isn't that wild? Yeah. I've been a big fan since the beginning. It is the kind of thing too, you know, when you're, when you're done a show and you get back home to your home or hotel, it's like everyone has a different thing they're kind of seeking for, for that yeah. little transition before they go to bed. It does it does that have that place for you? It did forever. I mean, yeah. now it's like my work. So it's like when I'm watching it, sure. I'm usually watching it for work. But I, I actually keep up with the current episodes just for me because I, I like to keep watching it, obviously. It's like my favorite show. When people tell us they've never seen an episode of it, I'm like, so you've never stayed in a hotel. That's okay. <laughs> exactly. Just tell me you've never stayed in a hotel before. <laughs> like, It's just on. I've been at the nail salon when it's on. I mean, it's constantly in syndication. So I just can't imagine how you avoid it. With the episode recap, we try to make jokes. We lighten it up. You know, we just get into like the, the, the crimes and and then the interviews, I think, are so interesting because we just learned so much about like how people got where they are, what their work ethic is, like parenting. I ta- I connect so much with the people that come on that are moms. Yeah. A lot of them are just working actors trying to parent their kids. And will will you support your kid if they get into this business? Like we like to ask people that. A yeah. Lot. And do most people say yes or do they say unsure? Some people say mark? hell no, like I won't allow it. It. And that's usually people that were kid actors. What's your feeling? You know, I feel like my daughter's going to want to. She seems like she is truly just a small me. Like she is just like a small version of me. And I would like to really encourage her because I feel like my parents didn't really, they didn't discourage it, but they were like, well, college, like you're going to do high school and college and then you're going to like get a job or whatever. And it was never like, oh, do you want to like try acting or try doing that? You know, they just were. So I'm open to whatever she wants to do. And yeah, she's cool. so funny. She's four. She talks like an adult. Like my friend the other day goes, how old is she? I feel like I'm talking to a seven-year-old. And I was like, yeah, she is just really like verbal and funny and has all these weird facial expressions. And I'd love to see her do something, but it's one of those things too, where I'm like, I'm not going to be a stage mom. So if one of my friends wants to offer her a part on a show, great. Great. But I'm not taking her to Santa Monica for auditions. That's like 45 minutes away. I've been in those rooms. Have you auditioned for anything ever where you had to act with a kid? I've only done that, I think, once. And I was, uh, it was before I had a kid and I was honestly scared. I've had a couple where I've had to be like the mom. And then the little <laughs> acting kids, it's like, sometimes you could tell that they, they just don't really have it. Like, <laughs> and then, but, then the, but then the scary ones are the ones that are like, hi, mom. Like the ones that are too precocious. Right. You're like, ooh, these are scary. Like I don't really actually want to feel like I'm talking to like an adult when I'm talking to right. a kid. But, They're like, I'm going to finish um, with a song I wrote. You're like, what? Yeah. No. But my daughter is like, when we argue, my, da- my husband goes, why are you arguing with her? She's four. And I'm like, because I feel like I'm looking in the mirror. And I'm just like, that's exactly how I would have said it like I just get so frustrated because we're like the same you're person. the same person yeah well 
Now, uh, do you watch a lot of television outside of obviously watching uh, Law and Order SVU for work? I do. I mean, these days I find I have like no time. I get like an hour of television a day, maybe, because I have to watch it like after my kids are asleep, before I pass out. If I don't have a plan. I want to play a little game with you before we close it out. This is a little bit of a jump, but basically I have a game here because even kids shows are shrouded with mystery. And by that, I mean conspiracy theories. So this game is so simple. I'm going to give you a popular conspiracy theory about a kid's TV show. And let's just see if you can tell me what show I'm referencing. Okay, Okay. great. I love this. And there's no stakes. Okay. Okay. Here's a conspiracy theory. This show does not take place in the Stone Age, but in a post-apocalyptic future. The Flintstones. Yes. Okay, wow. So there's this idea that the Jetsons live in the clouds and the Flintstones are stuck on the ravaged Earth. Wow, that's an interesting theory. Right? I feel like that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, okay. Okay. Although the characters are blue, this show is actually a celebration of white supremacy. The Smurfs. Yes. So that's just basically like why everyone has white hats. They kind of look like KKK hats. Yeah. And, uh... But it's like the KKK's hats got droopy, right? <laughs> like they just, they didn't iron their KKK hats that day. And so they're just droopy. Right, and they've only captured one blonde to be part of this <laughs> situation. So, you know, I will admit, I don't, I never liked the Smurfs. I can't remember. Like they didn't even. I don't know. And then they had I was a gummy bears girl. I liked those gummy bears. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried to put it for my kids recently, and they were like, I don't like this. Can we turn it off? (laughs) They thought it was too psychedelically weird. It is kind of trippy. Oh, but you know what they like? They just met the Teletubbies at DragCon. I bring my kids to DragCon in LA every year. Oh, yeah. They met the Teletubbies, and now they're obsessed. And they watch that all the time. And that show, I, I missed that show, like, age-wise. I just, I never saw it. You skipped over it, it somehow, is yeah. Acid. I mean, it is, like, the wildest, weirdest show ever. Yeah, I've only watched it also, like, in my adult life with other small children. And I was like, what It's so weird. This? All right, I got a couple <laughs> more for you. Bikini Bottom's seven main residents represent the seven deadly sins. Ooh, I know that SpongeBob SquarePants, but I never heard this. Yeah, so there is a theory of this. Okay, so that would be Sloth is Patrick, is super Patrick. lazy. Uh, Pride is Sandy, always talking about how cool she is and yeah, like, okay. very, a lot of Texas pride. Greed is Mr. Krabs, obsessed with making money. Right. Uh, is Squidward Wrath? Squidward is wrath, exactly. Okay. Plankton is envy. Okay, yeah. Plankton's always kind of like trying to take over, right? Trying to take over. Yeah. And then gluttony, there's a little bit of stretch, is the pet snail Gary because doesn't do much except for always eating, I guess. And uh, okay. SpongeBob is lust, the ongoing need to obsessively and outrageously <laughs> love things. How about this uh, conspiracy? Steve left the show because he was a heroin addict. Steve left the show because he was a heroin addict. This is sort of a conspiracy theory about the sort of behind the scenes of the show rather than... But anyways, it's about uh, someone leaving the show. Blue's Clues? Yes. 
So See, I'm only a Josh Blues Clues. I've only gone oh. into Blues Clues since there's been Josh. Yeah. I didn't watch the original. I watched the kid that's like so this wonderful musical theater so, talent guy. So charming. So Steve Burns was the beginning of Blues Clues. He was the guy who played Steve forever and ever and uh-huh. ever. And then he left the show and there was all kinds of theories. A big theory was that he was a heroin addict. And wow. then another one was that he was dead and they were hiding it. One real reason is that he left the show because he had turned 30. And was like, I think it's time to move on. And well, and he was balding and just like, <laughs> he's supposed to, they're supposed, you're supposed to be a teenager, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I thought they're just supposed to be like ageless fun guys. No one ever says ageless fun women, do they? You're right. There's no such thing. <laughs> That's mermaids. our next podcast. Mermaids are ageless <laughs> Only when they have tails. Okay. <laughs> Here's the last one. Taylor made for you. Tinky Winky, Dipsy Poo, and Lala are actually part of the Harry Potter universe. What? Teletubbies, but what are you talking about? Okay, so the reason people believe this is because Lala has a lightning bolt on its head. And if you combine the symbols of the other three Teletubbies, you have a triangle, you have a line, and you have a circle. If you put those together, circle with a triangle and a line, it is the symbol for the Deathly Hollows. And the, okay. the book and the show came out on the same year. Interesting. That's, that's the whole thing. <laughs> All right. Who sniped from who, J.K. Rowling? Thank you so much, Kara. Such a pleasure talking to you and seeing you, <laughs> you after too. all of this time. Listen to Kara's podcast. New episodes every Tuesday. New episodes every Tuesday. It's called That's Messed Up, an My SVU podcast. God. We're on tour in 21 cities this fall. Come check us out. That's messed up live.com has all of our cities. Fantastic. So look forward, everybody. And thank you so much. I know, two small kids. Thanks for taking the time. Oh, please. Anytime for you. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe now to this podcast so you don't miss one episode. Pass it along to a friend. And for more updates and more content, you can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Parenting is a Joke. If you are on X, you can follow us at Parenting Joke. Subscribe to our Substack. New content every week. Just go to Substack and search for Parenting is a Joke. Hey, did your kid already lose their water bottle? I'm pretty sure they did. Well, guess what? We have merch. Get our water bottle that reads Future Lost and Found. See? Also, we have reusable sandwich bags that read I'm a Great Parent. And you just heard a lot of breastfeeding conversation in the show. So buy our t-shirt that reads Low Supply based on my breastfeeding journey. And by that, I mean failures. I laugh now. That and more can be found at prettygoodfriends.com slash merch. For more live shows of mine, go to ophiraeisenberg.com. Hey, couple highlights. You can see me November 10th at Carnegie Hall. How often do you get to say that? Hopefully a lot. I'll be opening for my friend Anthony Jeselnik. And on November 11th, you can see me at Gotham as part of the New York Comedy Festival. 
For more details, photos, ridiculousness, and uh, videos, you can follow me everywhere at Ophira E. Our episode is produced by me and Julie Smith-Clem. Our editor is Nina Porzuki. Our sound designer is Tina Toby Mack. Our digital marketing is done by Laura Vogel. Our video editor is Melissa Weiss. Our theme song and music is by Adira Amram and The Experience. Special thanks to all of the engineers at CityVox and our overqualified intern, Jeffrey Kaufman. And I'll leave you with a little bit more from Kara Clank. Um, I do have two kids. Um, I had a girl first. Whew. And then I had a boy. And when I had a boy, everybody wants to talk about circumcision. Everybody wants to talk about, like, what are you going to do? Are you going to circumcise? Are you not going to circumcise? Are you going to circumcise? I'm like, I don't know. I haven't met the little guy yet. But I haven't thought about what I'll be subtracting from him. But <laughs> tell me. Because I can feel your opinion coming at me like a fucking tsunami. Tell me what you think. And they're like, well, you have to do whatever your husband has. Whatever the dad has, you've got to do to the kid. And I'm like, oh, okay. Because they have to match? <laughs> I didn't realize. I thought we could do a goofy holiday sweater. I didn't realize we had to go this far. I'm like, what? I was like, is there gonna be like a sword fight? Nobody can have extra inches on anyone? I don't get it. Ladies, we all remember the first time we stood next to our moms, right? We were like, matching vaginas! <laughs> Ready to go! Ready to take on the world, you know? Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about doing what's best for the world. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.